Welcome to the So What Do You Do podcast. When someone tells you what they do for work, do you ever secretly think, okay, but what do you actually do? Then you, my friend, are in the right place. We interview everyday professionals from all positions in all industries. So sit back, relax, and learn where you too can thrive in a nine to five. Today, I have a conversation with my good friend, Timmy, and Timmy is currently a project manager with CBRE and focuses primarily in the healthcare space. But Timmy also graduated from Georgia Tech. He was a civil engineer. He spent some time doing construction work and then spent some time in the consulting world, which ultimately led him to his role today. Timmy talks about what makes his job fun and interesting, but also potentially challenging at times, and how he recommends you can progress quickly in in your career just like he did his. So tune in, give it a listen, and we hope you enjoy. Thanks so much for listening in. And today, as I mentioned, we have Timmy on the podcast. So Timmy, if you would introduce yourself to our audience and tell us what do you do? Hey, everybody. I'm Timmy Mohubin. I'm a project manager in CBRE's healthcare group. So I work on a large commercial healthcare project. Awesome. So the main purpose of this podcast, as our listeners know, is to really uncover this. So if you're listening and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know the first thing about that, then you're in the right place because we're going to find out what that means. But before we dive too deep into what that actually means, I want to get your background. So my listeners can really relate and think like, oh, I'm in a similar situation that he was. So where did you go to school? What did you study? And kind of bring us up to this point at your job right now. Yeah. So I studied at Georgia Tech. I was a civil engineer, civil engineering student at Georgia Tech. I started out environmental engineering um, I thought I was going to, like, you know, save the world with my environmental engineering degree. Um, realized I was super bad at chemistry and <laughs> decided that I was going to be a civil engineer instead, just because it was, like, in the same school, um, so I didn't have to do too much of a major change. Uh, from that, I kind of got into construction. Um, worked for a general contractor throughout college, and then from there went into construction consulting, and now I'm an owner's rep. So that's my background. So I basically went from civil engineering to concentrating construction and then just kind of kept that going to cool and i love that too because i know i i know obviously you went to georgia tech we were in school at the same time go jackets and you knew my husband very well and he was also an engineer but a very different type of engineering and i know sometimes it feels like if you're not in the right degree right on the onset, you're really not set up for success, right? Sometimes it's kind of scary, like, oh, shoot, what do I want to do? And like you said, I wasn't very good at chemistry. I'm sure many students can relate to that feeling of, for me, I was always terrified to take physics. I was a business student, so I didn't have to, but that was like my fear. I did not want to take physics. Um, So, but I think it's fabulous that you say, you know, I kind of took the bulk of what I was already doing, right? Like you were in the engineering school, so you just pivoted a little bit so you could have that overlap and not have to like start from scratch and picked civil. And then you go into construction, which, you know, makes makes sense, right, with that degree. But then even from there, you've had a chance to pivot a, a little bit. So talk to us a little bit about maybe that jump from doing construction in college um, as, you know, internships and work into consulting. Like talk, talk a little bit about what made you really decide to do that. 
Yeah, so, you know, I was a co-op student. So I don't know if this is a similar program for, for the listeners, but generally you take a semester off of work or off of school to work. So you alternate semesters of school and work, but you're still designated as a student. And so I was working as a co-op for a general contractor and, you know, it was fun. I, I liked it. I mean, it was a job, right? So it's all very new, um, but I did it for a couple semesters. It's a total of, I think it's been like two years working throughout college. And I realized my last semester that like all the guys above me were just doing the same thing I was. So, you know, that path was just going to be me processing paperwork. And it's like the same stuff over and over and over again, regardless of how many, you know, levels I jumped up. And I was like, all right, let me do something different. How do I use the skills that I have and you know, do something different? So I ended up talking to a lot of people that I've worked with or a lot of people that I knew from like school alumni or like our, you know, Robert, your husband is an art fraternity alumni and talking about what they were doing, found something I was interested in and just decided, okay, I want to be a program manager, which is what I am now. How do I get there? What are the things I can do? And um, someone suggested consulting. So I was like, all right, well, let me figure that out. And that's what I ended up doing when I left college. Oh, that's awesome. And I, that's a really neat, I didn't actually know that, that part of the reason you went into consulting was to get to the point that you're at now, which we're going to obviously talk about a little bit more about what that really means. Um, but that's great. So I, I think this is just kind of a quick note to, to my listeners, to my fourth family is sometimes, sometimes we're taking a, a shot in the dark, right? But I think that something Timmy did that's really helpful for anyone listening is he, he looked up the ladder, right, at whatever he was doing and said, you know, that's, that's great, but that may not be what I want to be doing in 10 years, in 15 years. So let me ask them. Let me talk to people in my world that know me and know what I like and what I'm good at and figure out maybe where else I can take this degree or what else I might be good at. You would be amazed at the people in your life um, giving you that kind of that guidance and, and that advice. So I, I love that. Um, so we're going to just jump right in now that people have your story a little bit and understand where you are today. So this is the meat. This is where we say, what do you actually do? And so the point of this section is to uncover what your job means. And you can do this however you'd like. If you'd like to walk us through maybe an average day at your work, or maybe just, um, if you want to break it up by percentages, like I do 50 per, 50% of my job is, you know, client facing or on site or whatever. I'm just going to kind of let you run with it and, and ask you questions as we go. Yeah. So, you know, healthcare project manager or program manager, that can mean a lot of things. A lot of people think I do like IT stuff. Like on LinkedIn, I get a lot of like IT related requests or like people hit me up with like technology or software. And I'm like, it's not anything close to what I do. Um, so, you know, you have hospitals and they have generally internal groups that manage their facilities or manage construction projects for them. Mm -hmm. But when you get to, you know, spending hundreds of millions of dollars on one thing, like one asset, you're going to want to outsource that and have a third party, you know, oversee that for you. So as a program manager, what I do is I oversee a project team. So you're going to have an architect, a contractor, they're going to have their sub design folks, their sub design groups, like engineers, they have their subcontractors, guys who like do like HVAC or electrical stuff. And I oversee that team and make sure they're hitting all of their benchmarks when it comes to budget and schedule. I also interface with the client in terms of decisions that need to be made. So like hospital administration, usually it's a uh, like a COO or CFO or CEO 
uh, sometimes it's been a hospital president that I direct, I work with directly. And that's about, you know, like 20% of my time is working with them directly and talking to them about project needs and stuff like that. Um, and then I also work with like city officials and state officials. So there's a, there's a public aspect to it where I work with the government and make sure they have what they need because, you know, healthcare is a very highly regulated, you know, field. So that's what I do. Um, wow. lot, yeah, it's a lot of emails. Um, but we're trying to move away from that. Email is not the most efficient form of communication, especially when you have so many things going on. Mm. Um, and a lot of meetings, a lot of like talking, a lot of what we're doing right now. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. So, and I say this, I sound like a broken record. I, if you listen back to season one, I say this 24 seven, I learn so much from these interviews because I really don't know, you know, many of us don't know what each of our friends do. I know, Timmy, we could go around the room to each of our friend group, right? And, and hear what, what it is they do for work, but not fully understand the day to day. So for you, I, I'm actually learning a lot about you in the workplace because what I'm hearing is you've got to be really detail oriented, honestly, because you've, you're, you're, you've got a lot of balls in the air. You've got a lot of people that are waiting to, you know, hear from you and hear updates. And I know with construction, it's all about the timeline and it's all about the budget. Right. And on top of that, it's gotta be right. The building has to be built right. And all that good stuff. And then to, on top of that, your, your niche is healthcare facilities, right? So helping healthcare buildings get built and get built correctly to spec under budget on time and yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of nuances that go into that and so i'm just really um impressed to be honest like <laughs> listening to what you're doing every day so that's really awesome so what we'll jump into i love that you say a lot of emails and a lot of meetings and we could go into so much about emails going away my friends and i geek out on this all the time about how email may become obsolete which is just crazy to think about um but what is your favorite thing about your job like if you had a, a day where you were only doing that one thing you'd be pumped up to do it so i think it's not really one thing it's kind of a constant thing that i really like is that you know my role, and I guess we'll get into this a little later, my role is not typical for someone of my experience or age. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of, you know, 27, 28-year-olds doing what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I work with people that are a lot older and have a ton more experience than I do. And they're, you know, top in their field. So working with people that are smarter than me all the time is, is, is challenging. And, and I've learned to, it's a little stressful, but I've learned to enjoy it as well. That's awesome. And I, you know what? I'm so glad you said that. Cause I was thinking that like, is I know you're, you're young, just, just as I am young, right? We're, we're both young, forever young. Um, but you are, you are relatively young and you do have a very, um, important responsible responsibility in your job. Right. So talk, I want you actually to touch on this for a second. What do you think it is that got you in this role at such a young age? Because I would bet that there are listeners who are saying, I, I want his job and I want it as quick as he got it. How did he do that? Right. So talk a little bit about what you think really played into that. So I think taking the time in college, one, to network is, is huge, right? Building a network and making sure that people are aware of the opportunities you're looking for are key. Um, I think taking some time from school that's working part-time or interning 
is is also huge. Uh, like I said before, I I spent a total of like two years working uh, when I was in college, and that was part of necessity just to kind of pay for college. But that was also you know experience, right? Job market right now, especially right now, is super competitive. So any kind of edge you can give yourself to an experience that'll put you above the pack is, is super important. And then you know. I think the third thing is just like grinding it out and you know it's not for everybody but you know if you're career oriented and you want to you want to do big things the first couple years of your career are going to be kind of tough you're gonna have to you know when I was a consultant I traveled a lot I was working crazy hours um and just you know getting a lot of experience so if you want to get a lot of experience really quickly I think consulting is, is a great way to do that. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. And and something else I want to call out that you said that I would echo and add to is you said, you know, networking is so important and getting work experience. But what I would encourage listeners to know is you didn't you weren't getting experience in what you're doing now, right? It, because I think a lot of people would say, oh, I would love to get experience in that, but I don't have the opportunity or I'm too young or whatever. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. You just need to do it, right? And get it under your belt and learn as much as you can and, and bring value to that company and network with people that are already in your sphere of influence, right? So I, I get this pushback all the time of like, I don't have people to network with, but what you don't realize is your network in college is your friends, right? It's the people in your fraternity, in your sorority, in your classes, your professors, that makes a difference down the line. We don't think of it as our network, but it is, right? It's, it's our friend group. And so I think um, that is such such a great point. So I, I kind of pivoted there a little bit, but um, I'm just so impressed by you. And so in, in, in opposite of what your favorite thing is, and this is just as important, what would you say is the hardest um, or the most challenging or your least favorite, whichever, whichever way you want to take it? Yeah, so the hardest part of my, or my least favorite part, they're kind of the same thing. Um, healthcare clients are very, healthcare is always changing, right? There's always new technologies. Doctors are, and healthcare administration are very, very smart people. Um, sometimes a little too smart, you know? And so they're always changing their minds. They're always wanting to do different things or new things or evolve, right? So projects change. And so having to work through those changes after you've had a set plan or even like city officials. So for like this morning, I had a, we had a meeting with a city and I put together, we spent about two months putting together a project schedule and the city was like, yeah, this isn't going to work for us. And so, you know, two months of work, two months of all this like detailed planning, just now it's, it's done. So now I got to adjust a little bit. So sometimes that can get tough. And I mean, healthcare clients will do the same thing to you. Yes. Wow. That is <laughs> challenging, especially when you're nothing you have done has changed, right? It's not an error on your part. It's just the name of the game. And yeah, that's, that definitely would, that would rank up there for my least favorite thing as well. Um, and you, something you mentioned, and I want to dive into this a little bit more, you said emails and meetings. Let's talk a little bit about what type, maybe what types of emails, what types of meetings you had mentioned, you know, both with the healthcare um, folks or with government officials or whatever, but talk a little bit about what really is that? What is that about? Like, what are you talking about in, in general? So meetings for, I'll split it up, meetings with my clients and meetings with my project team. So a meeting with my clients is always a project update. You've got to summarize 
what's going on. You got to hit the highlights and then get what you need out of them and make sure they understand the objective. Right. Mm -hmm. So those are those meetings. Generally it's like a PowerPoint or a slide deck. I'm trying to get away from PowerPoints. Um, but I'm finding the people that I work with are pretty old school. So they like them. Um, so those are that. It's just like a status update and like ask questions and it's really just me kind of presenting, right? And then my other meetings are with my project team and that's more just conversational, right? I'll set up an agenda. I'll have like, hey, we need to talk about X things and we'll just talk about it. Um, and that's a little bit looser structure and we try and like keep people on track, but those are generally how those meetings go. Mm -hmm. Now that we're doing Zoom, we're trying to do video a lot. Um, and there's always an objective. There's always like, hey, we need to talk about this thing to get this thing done. Um, that's generally how my meetings go. Okay, and are you typically leading most of those meetings? Um, you know, on e I know probably with your internal team, you're probably leading those meetings. Are you also mostly leading the meetings on the, you know, your client side? Yeah, so it's nice to have a meeting where I'm not leading it, where I can sit back and just just talk. Uh, I'm not signing that these days, or I've found that for the last couple of years. It's more me and my role. I lead all those conversations. I make sure that people are are on track. I set the agendas. I create the presentations. I'm doing everything. So okay, yeah, I I, I can understand the sentiment. Sometimes it's nice to just be a participant in the meeting. <laughs> Yeah, not have yeah. to lead it. That's awesome. Great. Well, that I feel like I really understand what it is that you do on a nitty gritty level. And, and you're, it's a like I mentioned at the beginning, it sounds like a lot of juggling things in the air, um, keeping things on time, keeping things on track, being super detail oriented. So if, if we were to extrapolate this out and, and kind of move into our third major section of this podcast, and it really has to do with how do I get there? Um, so if you were a young person, college student, maybe even a high schooler, thinking, I want his job in 10, 15 years, right? Even if they don't end up getting it on super speed, you know, fast track, what, what would you say should be the best next step for them today or even upon graduation? I would say learning to work with people is huge, right? It doesn't. You know, there's so many people, and I think okay, there's so many people that don't have degrees line up with what they're actually doing, or you think you're going to do something and then you get to your job and it's like completely different, right? So learning to work with people um, is huge and learning to self problems is huge. And you do that throughout your entire life, right? So make, being intentional about those opportunities and those experiences will get you to where you need to be if you want to do this. Because I work with people who have accounting backgrounds, liberal arts backgrounds, there's a whole myriad of people that I work with that have my job that have very different backgrounds and kind of fell into it just some way or another. Oh gosh, Timmy. I'm like, you guys can't see me. Timmy can see me on zoom. I want to just like fist pump in the air. That is priceless information. If you get anything from this podcast, hopefully you get many things, but the main thing I want you to hear is that it's that working with people and yes, obviously in Timmy's occupation for sure. But I think that this is, this piece of advice spans all industries, all positions, being able to work with people. And as your fellow career strategist, I would even take it to the next level and say, when you're solving problems in school, in your classes, in your internships with your friends and you're working with people, take note, like write it down when you, when you overcome a problem, write it down so that when you building out that resume or you're preparing for your interview, 
it's right there. You don't forget. You're not like, oh, I didn't do anything or I didn't solve any problems. No, you do every single day. So try to take note of that. Um, I love that piece of advice, Timmy. Thank you for sharing it. Um, and lastly, this is my favorite part of the podcast. This is our rapid fire question section. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you some questions and try to answer them in like five seconds or less. And they're all kind of fun and have to do with your career. Okay. Okay. Number one, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, fireman. (laughs) I can actually see being a fireman. That's great. Um, second, what is your favorite book? Oh, um, the hatchet. Oh, nice. Okay. Who is your favorite speaker? Barack Obama. Nice. Great one. Did you see him speak when he came to Georgia Tech? I did. I okay. did. Regardless of your political views, he, his oh. cadence, his personality is just, it's, it's, it's great. Charisma. Totally. I love it. Okay. Next up, office accessory you cannot live without. Headphones. Oh, <laughs> Which, do you, do you do like the Bose or are you, are you an AirPods guy? I have, um, I use my headphones I work out with, I have headphones I use at work. They're just like earbuds. They're just earbuds. Okay, cool. Love it. All right. Morning beverage of choice. Oh, coffee. Okay, perfect. Okay, I was just, my next question, you answered it. I was going to say, how do you make your coffee? Pour over black. It's working from home. It's a ritual. It gets me started for my day. It's great. Nice. Now are you, I'm kind of taking this on a tangent, but are you like a grind your beans in the morning are you like a get them pre-ground pour over like what's your walk me through this because coffee connoisseur over here yeah so i'm pour over guy if it's just me i'll do a pour over i grind my own beans i have a little grinder um it's great i'll I'll buy beans from a local shop uh, or or whatever um if it's hot out if it's super hot out in the summer just in georgia you know i make my own cold brew and i'll have like a big jar of it that i can pour into a cup and have an ice nice if there's if my girlfriend's over and she's gonna spend the morning with me, we'll do a French press just to cook the quantity. Yeah. Nice, yeah, French press. We're all about the French press if we're trying to do like a larger, you know, pour situation. I love it. Okay, and last rapid fire is number one piece of advice for someone just leaving school. So not your the one you gave us before, but just in general, number one piece of advice. Uh Prioritize your life. Figure out what is important to you, right? If it's career, then you got to put that first. If it's stuff outside of work, you got to put that first. If you can prioritize your life, that will inform kind of how you approach all things, right? Like, you know, if, if health is your priority, if you want to be super fit, all right, you need a low stress job, you need time to work out, you know, all stuff. If you want to be super career oriented, you want to travel, all right, go be a consultant. So prioritize. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, great. Well, those were, there were a couple new rapid fires in there and you crushed it. So thank you. I appreciate your time. And Timmy, if you would not mind, can, I will be linking your LinkedIn in the show notes for any of my listeners. So if you listened to this podcast and you learned something or you loved it, or you have an additional question for Timmy and what he does for work, I would highly recommend sending him a message and saying hi and thanks for being a part of the fourth fam. Um, would that be okay with you, Timmy? Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to reach out. There have been so many people who have helped me from me just cold messaging them that it's, I have to return the favor. So that's yeah. right. We're all in the business of returning the many favors that we've been given. So um, thank you again for being on the podcast and thank you all for listening to So What Do You Do? 
Thanks for listening. If you loved this episode and are inspired by this nine to fiver, let us know. Subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Screenshot this episode and tag us on social at sowhatdoyoudo.podcast. We would love to hear what professionals and industries you want to hear from next. Want more career guidance, discovery, and inspiration? Be sure to visit our website, goforthllc.com, and browse our career downloads and courses, get our weekly emails, find us on YouTube, and get inspired to go forth.